people who are championing entrepreneurship a a solution which is is not which is cost effective um the entrepreneurs are people who take action they're not people who who, who sit around waiting for things to happen they they take action and you know it, it's been demonstrated time after time after time that you know ch change can be brought about and can be improved you don't need long policy documents to do it you just need the the will and determination to make things happen Entrepreneurship can be sorted into various sectors of discipline, each impacting our lives and the world around us in different ways. Alone, each of these practices possess the power to make long-term positive change, both in the corporate world and our communities. The reason for this lies in leaders valuing profit over people and the planet, which points to the importance of educating entrepreneurs on the triple bottom line. According to Professor David Kirby, co-founder of the Harmonious Entrepreneurship Society, HES, we were put on this planet to look after it. Therefore, we must take care of the human environment as well as the physical environment. From this standpoint of comparison, an evident means of protecting both people and planet is converging economic, sustainable, humane, and social entrepreneurship underneath the umbrella of harmonious entrepreneurship, which is based on the understanding of the planet as one extensive system with many interconnected subsystems. Stay tuned to the Imagine Podcast, the most beautiful place on earth. Greetings. This is Ayman Terabishi. I am President and CEO of the International Council for Small Business and Deputy Chair of the Department of Management at GW School of Business. This is the Imagine podcast, and this is our latest episode here. And we are just delighted to be launching the podcast, and we have some excellent and well-known global leaders joining us for the podcast. So today, I am honored and delighted to introduce Professor David A. Kirby. He is the co-founder of Harmonious Entrepreneurship Society. Let me introduce a little bit, uh, David, a little bit more. Professor David A. Kirby is a UK is from the UK, an academic who pioneered the teaching of entrepreneurship in the UK and internationally, and was awarded in 2006 the Queen's Award for Entrepreneurship Promotion for his research, teaching, training, and consultancy in the field. From 2007 to 2017. He helped found and establish the British University in Egypt, a social enterprise intended to introduce British higher education to the country. Professor David, it is a delight and honor to have you here today with us with the Imagine podcast. So let me start first. The theme of the Imagine podcast is the most beautiful place on earth. So my question to you, and it's right off the bat here, it is what is the most beautiful place on earth for you, if you would think about it? <laughs> most beautiful place on earth for me is where there is peace and harmony mm -hmm. between man and man, man and the environment. Um, the things that distress me, are the, the things that, for instance, are happening in, in the Ukraine at the present time, irrespective of which side you, um, you support, it's the way in which man is is irresponsible in terms of uh, his treatment of other people and his treatment of the environment. What I'm looking for are people who will work in harmony to create uh, a, 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 a beautiful place in which to live, 
uh, a place in which we feel safe and secure and a place in which we, we, we are preparing a healthy environment for our future generations, our children and grandchildren. So the most beautiful place for me is where that harmony and peace exists. Well, what a way to start the podcast. And thank you. And David, when I was reviewing literature a while back and I got something on my inbox with the title of Harmonious Entrepreneurship. And I stopped, I, I stopped dead in my place and I opened the email and I started reading about the topic of har harmonious entrepreneurship. The words themselves are very eloquent, they flow together and they're very powerful. For people that are listening to this podcast, explain to them in, 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 a, in a very simple way, what is harmonious entrepreneurship? Harmonious entrepreneurship is, is really something that has concerned me the whole of my academic career. I am a powerful advocate of uh, entrepreneurship. I believe in uh, taking ownership and responsibility for your own destiny. I believe in the creation of new innovative small businesses that grow and develop. Um, I'm not a, a great lover of um, um, foreign direct investment. Um, I, I like to see the development of indigenous small business. And I grew up in an area that was the uh, birthplace of the modern chemical industry. And when, when I grew up there, I saw the way in which the entrepreneurs of the 19th century had destroyed the environment. They'd polluted the atmosphere. They, uh, even when I was, even when I was um, a, a young child, I used to play on the sulfuric acid um, deposits uh, from the plants. So they'd polluted the environment, they destroyed the flora and fauna, they'd uh, polluted the rivers. There was acid rain uh, going from the UK to uh, Scandinavia. And in addition to that, that often created unhealthy conditions for the workforce. And that had concerned me. Um, uh, yes, entrepreneurship had created jobs. Yes, entrepreneurship had created wealth, but it had also destroyed the environment and often the lives of, of the people that were living and working uh, in the factories. And, and that it wasn't just a 19th century thing that was happening you know, globally, you know, there are parts of the world I've been to, but I've seen it in, in recent years. And it, it, it concerned me throughout the whole of my career that entrepreneurship was about wealth creation and, and job generation, but it was destroying, in many cases, the environment and, and people. And uh, I began, began to, uh, I thought about this throughout the whole of my career. And then in in uh, when I was working in Egypt, I actually came across a business that had addressed this problem that was not destroying the environment, but creating the environment it was not destroying the people, but developing the people. And at the same time was creating uh, jobs and wealth for the entrepreneur himself, the country. Uh, and um, it occurred to me that essentially what we have is a system where, which is um, interconnected, 
people, planet, and profit are interconnected. And we need, if we're going to address the sustainability problem, we're going to need to address the problem as a system and not just uh, solve one aspect of the problem, but uh, solve all the interconnected aspects as well. So we suggested that we needed to um, adopt a systemic approach to entrepreneurship. We needed not to apply individual uh, solutions, but to harmonize all of the major approaches to entrepreneurship, the economic approach, the uh, social enterprise approach, the e ecopreneurship approach, and most recently the uh, humane approach that's dealing with people and employees. So what we've done is we've created a new approach to entrepreneurship that harmonizes, that integrates all of these approaches and brings uh, people, planet and profit into harmony. This is absolutely exceptional, and I just, I just love the the, the 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 flow of it. It's bringing everybody together in in, in, a, in a harmony. I, I think of a symphony that you bring all the pieces of the symphony together and and to con conduct the the symphony in a way that's harmonious here. But let's let's break it down a little bit. And the way I want to break it down is, can you teach this? I'm thinking of the professors in in, in the school that are teaching this. Right, and, and you, you're an award-winning teacher and educator here. How would you go about just some ideas? Because this is just new, even though the idea is not new, but the, the, it's refreshing that we bring it out. How would you teach such a thing? Um, one of the things that we're doing at the present time, um, the Harmonious Entrepreneurship Society, is we're running an online uh, competition. Um, and the online competition, we've developed a MOOC um, I've written 60 plus case studies uh, exemplifying the concept. And we've, we've obviously got um, a concept paper uh, which has been published. And, and just today, um, we've, we've um, had published a, a, an article, a, a book chapter in the Wiley Handbook of Sustainability in Higher Education, Teaching and Learning. It came out today. Uh, were we talking about how how to teach it? And obviously, we, we what, what we want to, the uh, students to do is to understand the concept, and not only to understand the concept, but to start uh, learning by doing, learning experientially, uh, creating harmonious businesses. Um, a harmonious enterprise is not a, an enterprise that will solve a social problem, not an enterprise that will solve a, um, a an economic problem, uh, but a, a, an enterprise that will solve a sustainability problem that is in, involving people, planet, and profit. You know, what, one of the problems that I found with social enterprise was the social entrepreneurs were far too concerned with the social problem than with making money. We are saying it's absolutely essential that you make money, uh, but it's not absolutely essential that you make money at the expense of people and planet. Um, you know, we, we've got to address, we've got, yes, we've got to make money, but we've got to look at the, 
interconnected uh, components, you know, how we treat our people and how we treat our environment as well. So we're getting the students to learn by doing, even though they're doing it online, uh, what they're expected to do is produce a, a business. Um, we're moving at the present time into the second phase. The first phase has been introducing them to the concept and coming up with a, a, a sustainable idea. Uh, the second phase is now moving into uh, the development of that. Um, we've just been beta testing it um, li literally the, the last couple of weeks. Um, so that, that is what we are doing. And what we're hoping will happen is that um, the, the, the student teams will be mentored by the academics who themselves will learn about the, um, the, the concept, um, will see what, what we're doing and how we're teaching it, and will be able to apply it in, in their own classrooms. Um, so it'd be, it's very much learning by doing. Okay, David, it's a two-part question here, but um, but let me let me push back a little bit. And I travel a lot around the world, and as my role in ICSB, and I go to Asia a lot. And if I'm sitting there talking to our leaders in Asia, what you are talking about here seems a lot like Confucianism, where it comes. It from, is. From, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, good, because uh, I was on, out on a limb here. I was like, oh my god. I might, I, he might push back on this one here, but are we taking an Asian thought that has been there for thousands of years and finally introducing it to the Western world and saying, don't ignore this, this is important, but, right? But, uh, and the, 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 the thing is, I mean, it's in all of our ancient religions, you know, um, in, in Islam, for instance, you know, the, the prophet says, you know, we are the caretakers of the environment, you know. Um, Christianity is exactly the same, you know. It, yes, you know, it, it goes back as far as Confucianism, but it's in all of the major religions of the world. And I think one of the big problems is, you know, that um, in 1970, Friedman said, the responsibility of business is to make as much money as possible. Um, but he also said, which is very, very rarely quoted, that it, it has to be embedded in the ethics of the society. Now, the ethics of society is based fundamentally on, you know, our ancient religions, you know, and, you know, all of them, terrorism, Buddhism, you know, um, Confucianism, you all have this respect for, in particular, the environment. The beauty I, I found of uh, Islam is it has a respect for people as well. Um, absolutely. So, so that's just wonderful. So, you know, ICSB and a lot of the work that I do is even though we are a non-for-profit organization and we're non-political, but what ICSB says or what we, we talk about to others, to our stakeholders, which are many different types here, is we also have the ear of policymakers, because we're 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 independent. We're, I say mm -hmm. we are independent cats. Nobody sways ICSB. 
we say what's on our mind because we, we always are promoting the well-being of entrepreneurs and micro and small medium enterprises. Saying this and saying the concept of harmonious entrepreneurship, if we were talking to policymakers, what would you say to them? Because it sounds all nice and that, but policymakers want policy, right? They want, right? How would we approach the subject with them? Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that we, um, we have to address is that time is not on our side. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know whether you followed the um, COP26 in Glasgow earlier in the year, but mm -hmm. um, there was, um, you know, lukewarm support from some of the world leaders um, you know, for um, taking action. And, but there was a young girl from India um, who has basically um, designed an ironing cart that uh, works off solar panels. The ironing carts in India basically work off um, charcoal. So you light your, you light your charcoal, you heat up your iron, and you do you, you take your ironing cart round the streets and you do the ironing. Her her thing is um, working off off solar panels. She has demonstrated to the world leaders, and she you know she wasn't protesting. She was demonstrating the concept of harmonious entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship which is making money, entrepreneurship which is saving the environment, entrepreneurship which is helping people because they're no longer being polluted by the smoke from the um you know the, the burning charcoal um so you know it, it, it's it's doing these three things and you know i think we have to address we have to address policymakers and say time is not on our side we have as people who are championing entrepreneurship a a solution which is is not which is cost effective um the entrepreneurs are people who take action they're not people who, who who sit around waiting for things to happen they they take action and you know it, it's been demonstrated time after time after time that you know ch change can be brought about and can be improved you don't need long policy documents to do it you just need the the will and determination to make things happen well said, and I have one more question, and, and this is a fun question here. And you, you've uh, you've helped, you know, um, develop and create, improve, work with young people, and to become wonderful professors and high impact professors throughout your years and um, through generations here. What advice do you give to the new generation of young academics coming and 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 also researchers? What, what are some words of wisdom that you want to give to them, to, the, to these young people that are coming in that are running circles around me and you, <laughs> but yet we are holding the fort saying we're, we're still relevant and we are still have things to say to them. And, and heck, look, we're doing a podcast, David, you and I, and we didn't know what the podcast was, was four or five years ago here. So what words <laughs> of wisdom would you give them? Believe in yourself. Don't be deterred when people tell you you can't be done. Uh, or your your work is not not publishable. Just believe in yourself and and uh, and and keep making it happen. And eventually, it will happen. You know, um, 
you know, people told me, I was told as a young academic, my research was trivial, peripheral and gimmicky. Now, for a young academic to be told that, um, I had a reply for it being um, peripheral. The reply was basically make sure your core research doesn't end up at the periphery. Um, and the person who said it to me, his research did end up at the periphery. Um, it was it was leapfrog. Uh, you know, the, the the person who said that to me retired long, long, long ago. I'm still active. So was my research gimmicky? Was it trivial? Trivial? I'm not going to comment on it, but I'll leave it for you to comment on. <laughs> you know. Uh, absolutely, and not only that, but you, you you have won the Queen's Award for Enterprise Promotion for your research, which is remarkable. And David, it's been a delight. You you have impacted the world from the work that you have done in the UK to Egypt to worldwide, and the people that work with you always rave about you. I am one of your biggest fans, and mm -hmm. and we are just honored to have you here on the Imagine podcast. And, and I know we, we're working together on many things here. So this is just part of our work program here. So we are we are delighted to have you here. And thank you so much. Shokran Abibi. <laughs> thank you. Stay tuned for a quick introduction of Dr. Terabishi and the International Council for Small Business, ICSB. Dr. Ayman El Terabishi, is currently the president and CEO of the International Council for Small Business, ICSB. ICSB it was founded in 1955. It is the oldest and largest nonprofit organization represented in 195 countries that is dedicated to supporting micro, small businesses, and entrepreneurs. Dr. El Terabishi currently holds the deputy chairperson at the Department of Management at the George Washington School of Business. He is the only faculty member in George Washington that lectures in nationally ranked programs. In 2021, he was voted as the best online faculty at the George Washington School of Business. Dr. El Terabishi also held the most outstanding faculty member award for five consecutive years from 2010 to 2015. Remembered as one of his most outstanding achievements, Dr. El Terabishi played a central role and creating and promoting the United Nations Micro, Small, and Medium-Sized Enterprises MSMEs Day. With his novel idea, Dr. El Terabishi managed to work closely with the permanent mission of Argentina to propose a resolution to dedicate a United Nations International Name Day to MSMEs. Approved by the United Nations General Assembly, the proposal was presented by the permanent mission of Argentina and 54 countries. Thus, 5.5 billion people acted as co-signers of this resolution. From that day forward, June 27th has been recognized as the official UN MSME Day. Founded in 1955, the International Council for Small Business, ICSB, was the first international membership organization to promote the growth and development of small businesses worldwide. The organization brings together educators, researchers, policymakers, 
and practitioners from around the world to share knowledge and expertise in their respective fields through publications, programs, workshops, training sessions, and certifications. ICSP is the originator of the United Nations resolution to create an international name day dedicated to micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises on June 27th, MSME's day. The ICSB's premier World Congress is held every June around the world and brings together leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs. For more information on the International Council for Small Business, check out our social media pages. It will be linked in the show notes, the podcast description below. Our email at media at icsb.org. Check out our website at icsb.org. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you and stay safe out there. Thank you.